Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. I'm your host, Manny G, and joining me tonight is my friend from Texas, mm. Andy. Oh, man, I have no introduction, dude. I'm you're, sorry. You're fired, bro. I am, I am fired. You're I am <laughs> suffering from, from a sickness that is being passed to me from my wife. Mm. Mm. That is my excuse. The long streak after 29 episodes has been broken. <laughs> it's all right, dude. It's all right. I'll come up with my own. I'll come up with my own and, intro, hey, and you'll just. Dude, you've been it. here long enough, dude. Introduce yourself. <laughs> oh, dude, don't let don't do don't don't give me that responsibility. I'll oh, be like man. the one, the, the only, only, the thriller from Manila. <laughs> <laughs> dude, how have you been, man? What is your oh, dude, been? dude? Well, look, I thankfully am not sick. But it's been it's been uh, it's been a hectic week, man. You know, periodically I have weeks like this, and mm-hmm. so this was one of them. Throw on top of that, it's uh, Thanksgiving, so um, there's just there's plenty to do, man. Not a whole lot of gaming this week so far. I kind of made up for lost time today, but um, outside of that, man, not a whole lot. Yeah, man. So you're traveling, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I was in the beautiful state of Oklahoma for. Uh, actually like the northern uh, part of Oklahoma for um for the first 3 days of the week uh, and then I drove back on uh Wednesday night. Uh, that was a lovely six and a half hour drive. Oh man. Yeah. But you know fun. what it's it's all right, dude. Uh actually Joe Rogan kept me uh occupied. That guy's really uh interesting. He has he has one of the more interesting podcasts. Always has different mm-hmm. types of guests and you know, he's uh he's really smart dude, man. Yeah, he's got a lot of experience, mm-hmm. and I think his his interest is pretty broad. It is, it is. But uh, but it was you know it was one of his more lighthearted ones, so it was entertaining. So, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but yeah, man. And then Thanksgiving yesterday at the station that was cool. We had all the families oh, nice, over. Dude. You know, everybody. It's like a potlucking a potluck, but uh, Thanksgiving style. So, do they like? Have a, a a burning turkey and hide it somewhere in the station. You guys had to find it and <laughs> turn it out. That sucker out. Uh, no, dude, no. We actually <laughs> did uh, fry a turkey though yesterday oh, nice, at the yeah. station, dude. It was so delicious, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was really good. I've had fried turkey in the past, but uh, I don't recall that one being as good as the one I had yesterday, dude. All yeah, of it, if you dude. could nail the temperature, it's mm-hmm. one of the. The better ways to cook a turkey, surprisingly. Yes, yes. And for those of you that don't know, our very own Manny G is a grilling slash smoking slash cooking nerd. A smokeaholic. Yeah. You are. I'll smoke anything. You will. You will. Dude, I, I will, dude. I smoked a glass of water and it was delicious. All right. No, that's dumb. All right, dude. <laughs> you ready, great. man? You're the one who discovered vaping. <laughs> Well, man, we have we have some interesting news this week. Oh, dude, I can't wait, bro. So Jason Schreier at Kotaku published an article today, or not today, but this week called mm. The Past, Present, and Future of Diablo. Mm. 
and this article is very revealing. He has 11 different sources that either work for or have worked for Blizzard Entertainment at some point. Mm -hmm. You know, we've always had questions about Diablo because Blizzard is so secretive about their projects. Right. But a lot of these answers he kind of brings to light. Mm -hmm. For our news section, we're going to go over that. And then we're going to talk about some some action RPGs that we might be interested in jumping into while we wait for this elusive Diablo 4. Man, I can't whatever wait it, it is whenever it's coming out right right but you know it's 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 no secret that the diablo mobile announcement at blizzcon was like a marketing disaster and you know the the smoke has settled mm-hmm. right and everyone agrees that Bl- blizzard regardless of how the crowd reacted whether um the booing and stuff was appropriate or whatever uh, apart from that everybody agrees that that as far as marketing goes they were talking to the wrong people. And then later on in, in interviews, Adam uh, Adham kind of said, this game is made for the Chinese market, which everybody knew. Mm-hmm. The problem was during BlizzCon, they basically said, no, we, we're making this for you. Right. And that, that's just wasn't true. I mean, you have a phone, don't you? <laughs> Do you not have phones? Do you not have? <laughs> yeah, did that, that meme will never die. No, I see bro. it every single day. Yeah. In yeah. one one iteration or another, yeah. And um, what's was that um, scene from Gladiator when he's like, "Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Do you not uh-huh. have phones?" They just put a <laughs> Wyatt Chang's face on it, and he's just the caption as he's yelling there. Do you uh, not have phones? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, and to to your point, right? Like, it doesn't matter. I to it to me, it doesn't yeah. matter whether it was appropriate, inappropriate. You know, gamers are. Um, you know, uh, just a bunch of babies make throwing a tantrum and, you know, <laughs> want, wanting their cake and eat it too. The point is, uh, Blizzard is a, uh, Blizzard, Activision Blizzard is, is a company and they have all of, yes, they have shareholders and all this, but they also have customers. These yeah. customers paid good money to go to this trade show where you historically make these awesome announcements that they want. And and none of those, your company has no mobile games. So why would you expect them to be excited about mobile games, right? Yeah. So I think the customer base, regardless of whether you think they overreacted or whatever, it's the customer base. They're the ones that are making you money. And if they are not happy about something, they will let you know. Most businesses appreciate that feedback because Mm -hmm. it allows them to course correct. You yeah, know. and people kind of pointed out that mm-hmm. uh, Blizzard stock kind of tanked after that. Yeah, but it wasn't solely Diablo's announcement. You know, you can't just be so kind of narrow-minded. It's right. the fact that in 2018, Blizzard really didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they released the Warcraft expansion, but that's kind of on a clock every two years. Right, and you know, so so it's interesting. So we have all these questions and ideas mm-hmm. about what's going on with Blizzard. Right, uh, what's going on with Diablo? And, and this article sheds a lot of light mm-hmm. on, on a lot of these things. So we're going to go through it. I, I encourage you to read it, um, but it is pretty long. It's a great so, read, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just listen to us summarize it. Right. And it, especially if you're a, a, a Diablo fan. If you're a Diablo fan, it's, uh, it's, it's a very interesting dive into... Uh, all of this so yeah so we're gonna break up our discussion on this article 
under uh, uh, Diablo Hades, Diablo Finneris, Blizzard's new mobile focus projects like Warcraft Go. What? <laughs> and the budget slash profit culture that is slowly creeping into the studio with Activision's help. Hmm. So those are the topics that we're going to kind of zero in on from this article. So the first thing right here, Diablo Hades. The backstory of Diablo 3 is that when it released, it was in rough shape. It sold a ton of copies, but the release itself was plagued by the the infamous Error 37. Mm-hmm. And this actually back then was a huge meme. Like there were t-shirts being made, websites being made to kind of like make fun of this thing. Tons of people could not play the game at all for a long time mm-hmm. because when you log in Diablo, it just said Error 37 on your screen. Oh man, that and sounds I, awful. I was there, dude. Yeah. That was me. Yeah, it was, it was a huge pain. But yeah. it wasn't just that, you know, because you can get over those launch hiccups. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that they also put in a real money auction house in the game. And the thing that made the real money auction house such a point of contention is that item drop rate was just really, 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 really low. It was super punishing. Mm-hmm. So like, why would Blizzard put in a real money auction house? Like the reason why they did is because during Diablo two, there were a lot of very popular websites where people would go on there and they would try to trade their items for real money with people. And you know, that's, that's an easy way to get burned, but Blizzard wanted to put a stop to it. So they thought, well, we'll just put our own official means of trading through an auction house. Well, here's the problem with that. If you can't play like 50 hours a week or whatever, you're not going to be getting very good drops. So what you end up doing is you try to just play and then, you know, you're either going to pay money to buy some of these items so you could progress your character, or you're just going to constantly just be playing the same act that's easy over and over to try to get stuff to put on there. So you end up losing the entire experience of playing the game just because of item drops being so terrible. Mm-hmm. This ended up being like a disaster for Blizzard and they knew they needed to shut it down. So they did. They, they ended up turning it off, shutting it down. It was, it was a crazy, crazy time. Now, Manny, can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Because this suspicious, this auction house to me suspiciously sounds a lot like something uh, like what Warframe has in place, right? The, the trade chat. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Is it similar to that or? Well, actually the way you would do it is let's say you found an item. Let's just say, pretend it was good and you Mm -hmm. found Schaefer's hammer. Okay. So you put it up on the auction house and you got a good roll and you put it up for $200 US. And yeah, that is, that was what was happening. You know, you'll get, get a piece of Natalia's or you'll, you know, you'll get, um, you know, a piece of the monkey King. Wait, I don't know if that was in the game at the time, but anyway, that's not the point. The point is whatever you get, the ceiling was $200 cash, right? And you weren't trading for currencies in game. You were trading for direct money only, which is nuts. They did have an auction house side where you can trade for gold, Mm -hmm. but you know, it was just the real money portion was enough to make the system completely broken. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. So they, they, they knew they needed to fix their game. They were listening to feedback 
and you know they're they're looking at all these issues that people are you know complaining about and they want to fix the game and they do but it takes a lot of time to Mm -hmm. do that so they listen to feedback they start fixing things and um, they start working on diablo's first expansion and it was the reaper of souls Mm -hmm. the reaper of souls really served to like revitalize the community that helped to kind of bring people back and and restore confidence that blizzard was able to make an immersive experience for diablo fans but at that time it it just wasn't enough um all of the the executives at blizzard they had no confidence in the diablo team and they for whatever reason they didn't even wait for reaper of souls to get uh, released and to see how well it did mm-hmm. before it was even released they canceled the second expansion that was planned for Diablo three, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But uh, uh, do you want to read this quote from Jason? Oh yeah, buddy. Uh, as written by Jason Schreier, it's still not clear why Blizzard wouldn't want to support a game that had been so commercially successful. But the theory on team three was that Blizzard's management had lost faith in Diablo three and saw it as a failure even before Reaper launched in quotes the perception overall was that management thought this team really screwed up, said one person uh, who was there. They could they could have held off a few months and seen how Reaper did, but in their mind, Diablo 3 was irredeemable. When Reaper launched on PC in late March 2014, Blizzard said it sold 2.7 million copies in the first week. A big number, but only a fraction of the approximately 15 million copies that Diablo 3 had sold across PC and consoles. 2.7 is kind of a far cry from 15 million. Yeah, yeah, it's a big drop for sure. But I have to think that since then, right, that game has got to be like... Across all consoles now uh, on Nintendo Switch, like that is a successful game by yeah. any measure, by any measure, even compared to the 15 million mm-hmm. that it originally sold. That game is yeah. beloved by all gamers, you know. Yeah, yeah but but you got to keep in mind it was only on PC at this time, mm-hmm. right? Right. And, yeah. And when they brought in Josh Mascara, he began to design what Diablo is going to be on console. And he was mm. he was pretty successful. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, across all consoles. I mean, look at our chats that we're all in, man. Diablo, mm-hmm. Diablo three is one of the ones that constantly comes up across PlayStation, yeah, Xbox. Now the Switch has it. Um, so yeah, I mean they they've done a great job with that on the console. But let's let's get into um, so so this is kind of the timeline of what's been happening. the The second expansion was canceled, so the remaining team of Team Three, mm-hmm. Blizzard said, "Okay, Diablo Three, we can't fix it. Let's just move on to Diablo Four." Mm-hmm. So there's there's another quote in here by Jason. You want to do that? As written by Jason Schreier again. <laughs> Mascara and team designed Hades as a Diablo take on Dark Souls, according to three people familiar with the project. It would be a gothic, challenging dungeon crawler. Rather than maintain the isometric camera angle of the first three Diablo games, it would use an over-the-shoulder third-person perspective. It was such a departure from previous games, some at Blizzard thought they might not even end up calling it Diablo 4. 
from 2014 until 2016, it was Team's three, Team 3's main project, developed alongside a handful of patches and light content updates for Diablo 3. Then, like Diablo 3's second expansion before it, Hades was canceled. And I say thank God for that, man, because I don't know how crazy <laughs> it would have been about a third. But we just talked, we talked about this yeah, before. A Dark Souls Diablo. Yeah, man. You know, it's funny because that would have been a really interesting way to take the series. You yeah. Know? And, and yeah, it would kind of like what Fallout 76, what they did with the Fallout series. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've been up front. They said, this is not the next Fallout experience. This is kind of a, a, a side Fallout experience, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So I guess that's what Diablos Hades was was shaping up to be. But they worked on this game for two years, man. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. And and uh, later in this article, they kind of mention how Blizzard, they release about 50% of the games they create. Yeah. So they're making a lot of games that never see the light of day. Yeah, but some of those are like Overwatch, right? They become Overwatch, which are very successful IPs for them. You know? Yeah, I mean, they they had another game called like a Warcraft. I forgot what it was, like Champions or something weird. That ended up becoming, you know, World of Warcraft. And yeah, like like Overwatch. And but it's like you know that was Project Titan. That was for years and years, for like seven years or so in development mm-hmm. before they they just canceled it. And then right. you know Overwatch came out of it. But it's it's but funny. Like, it's funny how they see like they see that as failure and I understand like you just mentioned right like yeah at the time they're speaking in in the past right so mm-hmm. at the time that they made the decision to pull team 3 yeah they considered Diablo 3 to be a failure but today looking back on that that's not a failure right like even their project mm-hmm. Titan yeah. I mean, Overwatch came out of that. Dude, there's Overwatch Pro Leagues and all their stupid loot boxes that they have in there that's making them billions of dollars. Like, yeah, how is yeah, that they a made failure? Like a billion dollars in, in one year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How is that a failure? Yeah, it, it is It is crazy to, when you look at it from that perspective. Yeah. But honestly, you know, wasting seven years of development time, right. wasting millions of dollars on salaries and having zero to show for it. Right. Or lots of zeros to show for it. Maybe. Yeah, lo- yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Now there is, but <laughs> right. But it, it's cr- it's crazy, you know. Yeah, and right. And that is the luxury that Blizzard Entertainment can or has been able to afford. You know, it, it seems like later on in this article that might be changing. Right. But you know, they they so they canceled Hades. Mm-hmm. Josh Mascara, he left, and we talked about Overwatch. Uh, I believe it was Raw Pardo was was. Uh, working with that uh project titan for a while after mm-hmm. time was canceled raj raw pardo after seven i think it was like 17 years or something like that with blizzard he left the company and i don't know if he was forced out mm-hmm. nobody knows and he won't say but he's gone and he started a bonefire studios josh mascara who left after his project got canceled and we don't know if he quit because it got canceled or if he quit so then they canceled it we don't know nobody will say but he actually went to go work for Raw Pardo mm-hmm. right. for Bonefire. Yeah. So I'm actually super excited to see what they've been working on for the last couple of years. Right. Anyway, so the Diablo team, they're like, we have no game to work on. So then they created the Rise of the Necromancer pack, mm-hmm. right? The character pack, which was great. I loved it. It's a, it yes. They worked on that for about a year, I think, when they released it. Mm-hmm. Necromancer but, you know, OP, bro. Necromancer is amazing. I love it. 
But that yeah. brings us to this uh, Diablo Fenris and Fenris as well as uh, Hades. Those are just code names, right? Code names for projects. Right. But Fenris mm -hmm. is the current Diablo game they are working on right now. And this game is said to be in early development still. Mm -hmm. So they started working on it in 2016. It's described to be a much darker take on Diablo. And one of the main criticisms of Diablo 3 when it first came out was it had this cartoony, colorful art style. Mm. And it's the Diablo that we have now. And you, normally, I don't think when I play Diablo 3 that it looks cartoony, mm -hmm. but it kind of does. When you compare it to games like Path of Exile and you compare it to like Diablo 2, it mm -hmm. doesn't it doesn't have that like a fear inducing darkness that mm -hmm. the Diablo franchise was built on. So mm -hmm. they're looking to return to that art style again, which which I think is is uh you know, it's kind of like returning back to its roots. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I never played I mean, I didn't even play Diablo 3 in in its, you know, early days you know the the auction house days like you did yeah um but to me i mean to me diablo 3 i i wouldn't describe it as cartoony i mean it's there are some pretty dark themes in there and yeah you know like the story if you pay attention it's like not not like a happy story really <laughs> no no it's <laughs> like, not yeah so um yeah. but uh anyway keep going manny yeah so you know they Jason also talks about this project, Fenris, not only trying to be a, a bit more of a darker style, um, but they're also looking to put in some light MMO elements, such mm -hmm. as like social hubs and things. And And there's a game out right now that's in beta in Korea called Lost Ark. And mm -hmm. it, is, um, it, it is a similar style game, but they do have like these social areas as well as social hubs. So you can have these open world type areas, but you also have like these, you know, whenever we do a rift together and we're in a game together, that's like our own private instance. Right. You know, but they're looking to have some social areas too, which is, which is kind of interesting. And there's this part of the article. It says that the game is looking to have some strike like mechanics. Mm -hmm. And he brought up, you know, an example of destiny where right. destiny has its strikes yeah that's similar to like what the world of warcraft has had forever with their dungeons right. and their instances mm -hmm. and games have been doing this forever right where it's a it's a mm -hmm. private instance or a private dungeon for you and whoever else you invite to just right. go in there and fight some bosses for loot and i mean i guess if if i really sit here and i chew on that for a minute is it any diff different than doing a a greater rift with you and joe um yeah, you know, and and whoever we happen to pick up, right? You yeah, know, and I think the, the main difference would be that like greater rifts, they're they're uh, procedurally generated, mm -hmm. so you never have the exact same one. Mm -hmm. And I think with a dungeon or an instance, they're going to be handcrafted with a set number of bosses that you fight and encounters right. mm -hmm. that you can repeat, right. So, yeah. so there is a few differences, but not too many. And I think, you know, honestly, I have been burnt out on the Rift system because it is so yeah. like, you know, it's the same thing. It, well, know? it's, it's repetitive in its mechanics and all that stuff. I, I have an appreciation for it because it's, it does something different than any other game that we've played. That's, that's an investment type game, right? Like yes. whether it's Monster Hunter or... Uh, Destiny or The Division or any of those games. Yeah. Uh, it, it's 
it's nice to go in there and and you know put a build together and maybe like a cooperative build together with with you know you and Joe and and just the folks that I play yeah. Diablo regularly with but and just burn through a, a GR see how high we can get up or see how high a torment level we can get up right it's just to me Diablo is mindless fun with yes. with some good loot kind of sprink and build sprinkled in there yeah right? it's not I mean you have a better perspective coming from the world of Warcraft uh, universe I mean compared to that I mean is it as deep in terms of its RPG mechanics it's very different because right. with Diablo, you get items constantly. Right. And with Warcraft, you could be looking for one specific item that drops yeah. from one specific boss. Right. And you have one chance a week at getting. Right. Right. So it, you can, you know, go yeah, for months without seeing it. But see, and that's what I'm saying, you know, like you, we just get these drops or we, you know, we do our season stuff until we get the build that we want, that they give us. Yeah. And then we just have fun, man. It's, mm -hmm. it's just a fun game, you know, and I don't it's know. It's an awesome game. I yeah. feel like that, like these tweaks that they're trying to get in there, I mean, they might be awesome, right? They might be like a total home run, but that's not the reason I play Diablo, you know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In summary here, the reason why we did not hear uh, Diablo next, whatever, Diablo 4, whatever it's going to be. The reason why we didn't get mm -hmm. an announcement this year is because the game is still in flux. Like, there's mm -hmm. tons of major decisions that have just not been made yet, and things are not set right. in stone. So as hard as that is to hear for Diablo mm -hmm. fans who have been waiting for so many years, that's just the way it is, and that's the way right. Blizzard has operated for a long, long time. Well, especially when you're canceling, right? Scrapping ideas that like are taking you seven plus years to put together. Oh yeah. It's probably not something that they want to get into the habit of saying, Oh yeah, hey, we're coming out with this game and then five years into it, the development, you're like, eh, yeah. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy. So next up on this article, he talked about how uh, Blizzard has this incubation departments and we've we have known about this this is kind of leaked uh years ago we've known but when uh adam um i think i i might be saying his name wrong but i think it's adam Adham. Mm -hmm. he was one of the co-founders of blizzard he had left for a while and came back in 2016 and when he came back he was um, inspired by hearthstone and thought you know what we need to have an entire department that is completely devoted to developing new titles and we know now that these new titles are for the most part going to be mobile games so it's a completely separate mm -hmm. department so you don't have developers that are being taken away from other departments to come together to make these mobile games you have developers that have been working on the same game for 10 years and are saying i need something else i need to you know work on these mobile games work on these projects that we can work on for two years release it and then move on to something else. Mm -hmm. So, so it's kind of interesting you know, the first project or one of the projects that he mentions is this Warcraft go where it's a similar uh, pet battle system to like a Pokemon game, which is kind of funny because there are like these non, they were called non-combat pets in world of Warcraft, mm -hmm. but then they put in a system to where they can fight each other. And there's this whole battle system that is like Pokemon and it's in Warcraft now. Mm -hmm. so th this is an idea of taking that onto mm -hmm. your mobile phone so personally i think people that enjoy pet battles in warcraft 
they're going to love this dude. Right, like a hundred percent. I see mm-hmm. nothing wrong with this at all. Mm-hmm. Like I don't play Pokemon go, but a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. As long as you don't get into poison Ivy. It's awesome. <laughs> I've seen yeah. that happen, by the way. IRL. Oh, oh are you serious? I got to <laughs> yes. catch that. He's in Poison Ivy. Yes. Oh yeah, just gosh, don't go dude. digging through the Poison Ivy kid. <laughs> <laughs> but this this next part of the article is 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 a little less, I guess, uh, exciting. <laughs> this, oh, yeah. this new budget uh, conscious profit aware culture that's being mm-hmm. imposed on the teams at Blizzard. And this is kind of interesting. So Andy, do you want to read this part from uh, of the article here? For sure. In the spring of 2018, during Blizzard's annual company-wide battle plan meeting, Chief Financial Officer Amrita Ahuga, Ahuja, Ahuja, Perfect. spoke to all of the staff, according to two people who were there. In what came as a surprise to many, she told Blizzard that one of the company's goals for the coming year was to save money. This is the first year we've heard a priority being cutting costs and trying not to spend as much, said one person who was in the meeting. It was presented as, don't spend money where it isn't necessary. Amrita, she is actually from Activision's headquarters. Mm -hmm. So she came down here and Blizzard has in the past kind of confirmed the fact that she is completely qualified for this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of interviews and blah, 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 a lot of qualified people and she beat everybody. But the the fact remains is that she is she is from Activision's headquarters and she is trying to right. promote this uh, th- this culture where, you know, profitability is right. important in cutting corners and cutting costs to maintain a, a proper budget is also important. And those are actually very important things, honestly. But it is countercultural to what right. Blizzard has been for so many years because when you're talking about the development team and and just a company that's that's made up of a bunch of development teams and you're talking about cutting costs you're not talking about wasting office supplies Mm -hmm. you're talking about hours and you're talking about deadlines Mm -hmm. when you have the freedom to create whatever you needed to create for several months you all of a sudden now have this deadline that says you have to create this and this has to be ready by this time right so whenever you you kind of put these uh, parameters and put this box on a company like Blizzard, things are going to change and content's going to change. Right. And I I honestly think this has a negative, but I but the more I've been thinking about this, I think it also has a positive. Well, yeah, of course, because you know, I mean, if you think about it, you know, developers, you know, if you if you leave it to programmers to say okay this is this is the dream this is the vision right i want to make this game and it's going to have all these awesome things in it and then you try to make that game but then your deadline is coming up whoever imposes a deadline this is where things like well what is it crunch yes uh, happen you know and then of course you know pay the overtime it doesn't matter or or don't pay the overtime in the case (laughs) of some of the some of the stories that we've heard but you know like i guess if you have, you know, in this case, this Amrita, Amrita lady uh, coming in from the, the mothership to tell the company line, you know, maybe things like that don't happen, right? Maybe they have more of a, a schedule yeah. uh, that's defined early on uh, that hopefully they can fit that stuff into, you know? I think one of the positives that can be seen from this is the fact that there will be like much harder deadlines on certain projects. Mm-hmm. Because like Diablo three, that was 12 years in development. 
12 mm-hmm. years, dude, when they were working on the game and, and they rebooted so many times. And there is, there's a certain level of genius to that iteration where you take a project and an idea and you kind of tear it down and mm-hmm. then you start again and then you tear it down and you're refining your process and you're refining your ideas to make the best thing you can make. There's something to be right. said for that. That's true. But mm-hmm. there's also something to be said about finishing a project, about starting something, taking it, having your vision nailed down and go and going for it and doing mm-hmm. it, Right. you know, so I don't know this. Jason kind of said, you know, people left the company over stuff like this at Blizzard. And, and there's like, um, a lot of YouTube videos right now where they're saying, you know, Blizzard has lost their identity as a, as a development company. Now they are no longer developing for gamers, but for investors. Yeah. And then, and that's the other side of it, right? Like when you have the suits come in, then, I mean, what's the, what is your focus? making money or making great art yeah which ultimately this is that medium right yeah Um, you know so so it's it's kind of crazy and you know that times are changing at blizzard obviously um mike morheim is gone Mm -hmm. you know and 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 part of mark morheim's legacy is that he was always for the gamers he cared about his developers and he cared about his his customers and he loved them you know, and a part of his legacy is that all that stuff that they were developing for the, and all those ideas that they had for the second expansion of Diablo that never came to be, mm. um, it said that all of those things like the Con Ice Cube and all those extra maps and stuff, Mike Morheim said, polish those up and just give those to the players for free. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. So that, that is, you know, we don't have that man anymore. Right. So things change, right? Yeah. But sometimes, sometimes it's for the better, but only time will tell. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So that is, that's our breakdown. That's our take about the past, present, and future of Diablo by Jason Schreier of Mm -hmm. Kotaku. Mm -hmm. Pretty good article. A lot of good stuff. And a a lot of uh, confirmations and facts that we just didn't even know about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely go read that article. All right. So yeah, for the rest of the show, let's talk about. You know, we're, we're talking about Diablo. We're waiting for Diablo 4, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about these action RPGs and I what love these them. games are, dude. I love them so much, Manny. I love them, dude. So action RPGs, if you don't know, an action RPG is a, a type of game where as opposed to turn-based combat, um, you, you have complete control over your character. It's action all the time, right? Yeah. As opposed mm-hmm. to waiting your turn. Yep. And the RPG is the role playing game. It's it's a character building experience to where you are you are minimizing your inefficiencies and you're maximizing your efficiencies to get mm-hmm. yourself a character that is most powerful or to customize a certain play style. You know, so there you know, it's games like The Witcher, right? It's games like um Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. But specifically what Diablo is, it's, it goes a little further in a, a bit more niche in the genre. It's an isometric action RPG. So mm-hmm. isometric basically means that it's a top down view. Mm-hmm. So your camera is fixed above the action looking down. Right. Right. So that particular type of ARPG, it's a certain experience that you have to experience to, to appreciate, I think. Mm-hmm. Because it may not seem as exciting as like like a monster hunter or a uh, 
you know, or, or, or a Witcher or whatever, where you have all that freedom to move your camera about. But it is it is a certain level of action to where you see the whole field, you see the enemies, and you control it. And I, I think it's it's a super exciting genre that I would encourage anybody to to dive into if you haven't. Oh, for sure, man. For sure, dude. One of the funnest games. Uh, and honestly, you know, I've said this before in our podcast, Manny, like Diablo specifically, but that yeah. type of game in general was never really the genre that a- attracted me. Yeah. And uh, dude, you got me into it, man. You got me into Diablo. And it was one of the best things that I've ever jumped into, man. It, it is is such a fun game, man. It and is. with the new update that they have coming up, man, like I can't I can't wait to play that game more. Yeah. You know, and the way they have it set up with seasons, it's just such an interesting way of setting up continuity in your game right we you know we have all these games now that they want to make it as a game as a service or um what's the other name they have for it yeah like a live game live game right yes where they just want people to just continuously play it i think diablo is diablo 3 is set up in such an interesting way you know and it has no microtransactions so it's such a cool way of bringing people back all the time you know um but uh, but yes, Manny. Yes, to your point. Very very fun types of games. Yeah, and I think Diablo three is a great starting point because it's on Xbox, it's on PlayStation, it's on PC. It's on sale for like twenty bucks right now. I think might Switch still be too. able to find it, Don't. and it's now on the Switch. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But there's no crossplay, which kind of stinks, and that's partially because it's such an old game. Mm-hmm. You know, but it holds up very well and it's still supported. New season starts in December. So, but, you know, let's, uh, there's, there's a few games here that we want to talk about uh-huh. that kind of look, uh, that we're looking forward to. And one of them is, and we, we covered it uh, around E3, but it's called Torchlight Frontiers. Mm-hmm. So do you want to read this description, Andy? Oh, for sure, buddy. Torchlight, Torchlight Frontiers combines the heart of the beloved Torchlight series with a shared, persistent, and dynamically generated world. In true Torchlight style, players will team up with friends, that's you, Manny, and devoted pets to hack and slash their way through a vibrant world, discover ancient ruins of lost civilizations, and brave dungeons filled with dangerous creatures, deadly bosses, and of course, loads of loot. So Torchlight is, you know, if you think of like Diablo 3, if you think that's kind of cartoony, mm-hmm. Torchlight really swings the pendulum. And it's very cartoony. I seem to recall that it had like this sort of Fortnite-ish uh, look to it. Yeah. Is, is that the one I'm thinking of? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, you can actually go on like Steam or whatever and play Torchlight 2 right mm-hmm. now. And it, that was a good game and it was a lot of fun. But it didn't have like all the support that it needed to continue to be a great game. Um, but Torchlight Frontiers is coming out uh, sometime in 2019 mm-hmm. for console and PC. So go go check that out. You could and and all of these they all have like a YouTube channel. So if you're if any of these kind of interest you whatsoever, go find them on YouTube. Um, the next one is Warhammer Chaos Bane. Andy, what is this game about, dude? So Warhammer Chaos Bane is described as such. In a world ravaged by war and dominated by magic, you must rise up to face the chaos hordes. 
playing solo or with up to four players in local or online co-op, choose a hero from our from four character classes and prepare for epic battles wielding some of the most powerful artifacts of the old world. Manny. Nice. So Warhammer is a very old old world game world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, World of Warcraft is kind of inspired by a lot of stuff in Warhammer. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a new game coming out, Warhammer Chaos Bane. It's also coming out sometime in 2019 for PC and console as well. And it does, it's a bit more of a darker world than you're going to find with like Torchlight. But it's definitely one to look out for. Uh, this next one, Path of Exile Betrayal. And Betrayal is their new league that's coming out next month. I think it starts December 7th on PC. Mm-hmm. And it is Path of Exile is an amazing, very deep and very rich game. I love the game. Yes. Um, you can start playing and leveling up. And that whole leveling experience, they have like 10 different acts. So mm-hmm. it's a nice, big, long, chunky story. But then there's this whole end game, this atlas, where you play the game and you get these fragments that are maps that drop. You put these maps into this machine. And then it's kind of like, you know how Diablo's riffs go and they're kind of like random. Mm-hmm. These maps are in certain locations, but they're kind of randomized too. And as well as the enemies and the enemy's abilities. So it's, it's, it's kind of like the rift system, but you can target certain locations and certain locations have the likelihood of dropping certain items. All right. And, and the closer you get to the center of the Atlas, the harder it gets. And then there's also like these end game bosses in there. Right. Um, so, so it's a really, really great fleshed out game. Absolutely love it. Sounds um, like a lot of fun. But it's it's really hard to get into. So I definitely recommend doing it with some friends. No, no, now I've uh-huh. I've heard like you you love that game and you played it on the PC. But I've I, I've seen like a lot of the Destiny reset uh, folks that we've played uh-huh. with. Yeah, those guys are always into uh, into Path of Exile. So there's plenty of people that love that game. It, it's yeah. You know, it's a progression game and, it's, and, and free to play, right, Manny? Yeah, it's you just download it and play it. It's on Xbox and it's coming to PlayStation soon. I was going to ask though. So, Path of Exile Betrayal, yes, same same game, same game, but they kind of like how Diablo has seasons. They have leagues. Okay, so they have like three or four leagues every year, and each league is kind of like an expansion because of how much content they add and it's all okay. free okay so this next league betrayal kind of brings in this sh- the shadow of mordor's nemesis system okay. mm-hmm. into the game and it's a part of part of the the mapping and the progression and everything and there's a lot of other league like old league mechanics that they've kind of polished and brought back in so they're they're constantly working on the game and changing things and they are you know it's it's definitely a, a labor of love Mm-hmm. And you can tell how passionate the developers are. They are always talking to the community, and it is it is an excellent franchise. Sounds like you're playing this on Xbox with me when it comes out. Well, I'd rather play on the PC, so Whoa. you better get a PC, bro. <laughs> what this this tug of war? Uh, I love this tug of war. I think Path I know, of Exile man. is going to be where the where the battleground is between well, us, man. A major part of Path of Exile is, I mean, you could either do solo southbound to where you mm-hmm. you just only use the items that you have. But a major part of the game, the way most people play is through trading. Because mm-hmm. there is such randomization in the items you get, it's difficult to get the exact piece you want. So there's trading, and it actually works very well. 
and dude, I could, I could probably do a whole show on this game. So, but I'm going to restrain myself. We'll have we're to have 46 minutes. We'll have to. <laughs> All right. The last game point. I want to talk about here is called lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to read this? Oh yeah. So here we go. The lost Ark. the whole world, the whole world is in chaos from the attack of Kazaros's demon army as Kazaros opens the chaos gate with his six legions to invade the human world. Like a legend that exists in myths, the world has become a place where there are no heroes and everyone has forgotten about the Ark that defeated the demons in the past. Now, the player must venture the vast world of the Lost Ark to gather the pieces and go against the demon army, the one force that can stand up against the demons, the Lost Ark. There is a caveat with this game. Okay. This game, it's currently in beta, but it's only available in Korea. So I don't here's need to the understand thing. the game to have fun, Manny. Well, here's the thing. You cannot play this game unless you have a Korean social security number. What? So Yes. Here's That's the thing. Crazy. It is close to China, and China is notorious for hacking and for doing all these exploitive things to games. And a lot of game companies in Korea don't necessarily like doing business in China, but they have to. They are having a lot of trouble. So so you have to actually be able to prove citizenship in Korea. And there's actually a lot of like websites and stuff that help Americans and Europeans get access and you have to use a VPN to play it. Mm. So there's ridiculous hoops that you have to jump through. But I'm telling you, this Lost Art game looks incredibly good. There is a, a video on YouTube by Eric's Gaming called mm-hmm. uh, The Game That I Wish Everyone Is Able To Play, something like that. It's one of his latest videos, and he just talks about his experience playing Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, it is it is the game looks so very good. It's everything that I've ever wanted in an action RPG isometric game that has open world elements. It has instances like an MMO and it just looks awesome. Um, there's been like thousands of people streaming it on mm-hmm. Twitch. They have got the attention of the Korean developers, and there is plans to bring it to the West eventually. We don't know when, mm. but but yeah. but I just want to let people know this game exists, and you could find it on YouTube to check it out. The combat and the 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 uh, the fighting it just looks incredible, right? Looks Man. awesome. So you got to so check now, it out. Now I have to check it out. Yeah. You just got to go look at it. That's all. That's all you got to do. And then we're, you got to be upset that you don't live in Korea. We're going to no. We're going to Napster that thing <laughs> over here, bro. It'll be fine. We'll be good. But okay. So, so that's it. There honorable, honorable mention, mm-hmm. uh, Grim Dawn. Yes. I've never played it, but Ori loves it. Uh, uh, Wahlberg too. Nick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They say it's a lot better than Path of Exile. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fine. That's their opinion. <laughs> but I got to mention it because it's out there and it's, I think it's on, it's on PC only. Yeah. But, but that is also something worth checking out. Check it out. So guys, I hope we piqued your interest into these isometric action RPG style games mm-hmm. as we wait for Diablo Fenris, whatever that is, yes. whenever it's yeah. coming. But you know, it's still, and it bears mentioning, and I know we're, it's kind of like beating a dead horse here, but Big update uh, with the new season. Mm-hmm. They're going to be buffing a bunch of stuff. So it's a great time to jump in, man. It's yeah. like 
jump the into Diablo 3. The most powerful anyone has ever been. Yeah, get in there, play with us. But us, there's plenty of people within yeah. Gaming Adventure Club and, and across all the um, the different uh discord communities that we're part of that, yeah. that play that game so you'll have you'll have no shortage of people to find a to lot of with. the destiny reset people play diablo mm-hmm. yep i'm sure they'll be jumping in for this next season coming in december absolutely so yeah if you want to join our awesome club our community go to gamingadventureclub.com slash discord and join us we don't bite nope. very hard right right and it's a consensual thing when it happens yes so that's cool Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much to all of our good friends who have decided to support this show by going yeah. to patreon.com slash gaming adventure club. You guys make all the difference. You're the reason you why we continue to make these shows. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for doing that. And if you desire to support us, please go to that website. So for anything else, go to gamingadventureclub.com. Andy, any final words, buddy? No. No, come play with us. Come play games with both of us. We love playing video games. Yes, indeed. And come hang out in Discord. So until next time, have an adventurous week. Take care of each other. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Bye.